Elevation Nights is coming your way this spring. These will be eight nights of ministry.
praise today and put him first. Amen. We just welcome you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that you're in this house today, Lord, and that you deserve the honor and the glory, God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Free. You are alive 
We worship you. We worship you. We bless you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Heavenly Father. You're such a good God. We know, Father, that you're here because your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. And God, as we worship you and as we press into your presence, you're here, Father. You fall on us, God. We bless you, Jesus. Holy is your name, Lord God. Holy is your name. surrounding me let it break at your name still call the seed to still the rage in me to still every wave at your name and Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, breathe, call these bones to live. Call these lungs to sing once again. I will praise Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear. Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. 
the name of Jesus over our situations right now. We just speak the name of Jesus over every fear trying to rise up on your people, Father. We speak the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Sometimes you know that's all you have to do. Call upon the name of Jesus. You don't need to have right words. You don't need to know what to say. You just need to say, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Wow, he's in the house. Amen. Powerful anointing in the house today. Matthew 8, 5 says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I will come to him. I will come and heal him, I'm sorry. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak 
a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another one, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you that I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. How many know? as servants of God, as servants in the kingdom of God, that we are under the authority of God, but the authority of God is in us. The centurion knew that all Jesus needed to do was speak a word. Amen. We're told in scriptures that Jesus' word will not return void. It accomplishes what it's sent out to accomplish. God's put a word in our mouth. I feel like he's saying if we'll begin to speak that word over our situation, he will begin to change that situation as we come into agreement with his word and what he has to say. All we have to do is let the word of the Lord come forth within us and speak it out. Amen. Speak it in faith. He said this centurion had great faith. We just need to allow God to rise that faith within us. I feel like we're in that season where he's stretching us. Amen. Have greater faith. Walk in greater faith. Have greater hope in the Lord. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would begin to rise up the faith within your people. Lord God, I pray that the word that lies within them, that they would begin to have faith to speak that word forth. Father God, I pray, Lord, as they speak that word, Father, they would see their situations change and move, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you're going to begin to move mountains on behalf of the people. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to begin to heal sick on be- the sick on behalf of your people, Father God. Lord, I thank you that your word, Lord God, never returns void and that will accomplish everything that you've sent forth it to do Lord God father I thank you Lord I thank you for what we're about to see I thank you for signs and wonders I thank you for healing and deliverance I thank you that fear must leave I thank you father God for all that you are about to do in our midst holy God can we center in on his holiness right now can we set aside the worries and the cares of this life and the stuff that the enemy tries to get us to concentrate on and center in on his holiness his holiness praise you Father
you 
Come on, lift up. Lift up. Lift up. Can you lift up? Check, check. Give the Lord adoration and praise. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. It's what Scripture tells us. And I feel His presence in the house today. We've come to lift Him up. We've come to glorify His name. That bit of Scripture, that song comes from Isaiah chapter 6 the prophet Isaiah is taken up in a, a vision and, and there he is in, in heaven and the angels are crying out as he's in the throne room of heaven and they're saying holy holy is the Lord uh, 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 God almighty the whole earth is filled with his glory and what you feel today is a little bit of that glory. What you're feeling in this house today, what's churning in your heart is a little bit of that glory. And I, I, I can't help but think sometimes we're in such a hurry to do what, what we need to do and come into church and get out of church and hear a nice little sermon and, and move on with that through the week that, that we miss an opportunity to touch the throne room of heaven and to give God the glory that he deserves. Amen. I'm not used to this kind of worship, you know, you know, he, don't go to heaven because this is the way it's going to be, okay? We're going to be worshiping. We're going to be worshiping him forever and ever and ever and ever. And we're going to cry out around the throne room of heaven and we're going to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I want you to do me a favor. If you have a need in the house, this atmosphere is, there's something that in this atmosphere, the Holy Spirit's doing something. If you have a need, just lift up your hand. Say, Pastor, I've got a need. There are those uh, in the house that I know uh, got, got, didn't get great reports this week on their health, but we're going to believe that God will touch and God will minister right before for church. I, I pray for uh, Jody East and uh, Jennifer and 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 Mackenzie and their family that they they lost a loved one uh, right before church this morning, and and we just need to lift them up in prayer this morning. Okay, we need to hold them up in prayer this morning. Uh, and and if it was you, you would want someone to pray for you. So I want you to pray as if as if you were hoping someone was praying for you for them today. And if you it just whatever whatever need you have, can I tell you something today? I believe God is is doing something in this house. He's he's taking us from glory to glory and and he is activating, he is pushing our faith. He is stretching our body to a place. Listen, I'm talking about the body, our church. He is stretching us to a place. And sometimes when you're stretched, it is uncomfortable. But can I tell you something? I say this, God, stretch me. God, use me. God, do what you need to do to accomplish what you want to accomplish in this house. Amen. So let's do this. Let's pray. Pray with me, if you will. Lord, Heavenly Father, God, we come before 
before you today. God, with every need and every situation, Lord, you know them all. God, I don't know them all. God, I, I don't even know everyone's name in this building. But, Lord, you know every situation. So, God, I pray today, Lord, that your presence, Lord, would begin to move. Lord, that it would begin to minister in situation. Lord, those who are dealing with sickness, God, I pray, Lord, that you would touch them. Lord, you took stripes on your back for our healing. Lord, we, we stand on that. Lord, we stand on that word today. God, we pray, Lord, that you would touch. Maybe they're watching online today, God. Touch the room. God, touch their body in the room that they are at right now, God. You don't even, they don't even have to be in the house, but Lord, Lord, when we call on the name of Jesus, God, God, we believe, Lord, that sickness is going to have to leave. God, I pray right now, God, for those who are dealing with dire situations, Lord, that seem impossible. God, I pray, Lord, that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. God, you are a way maker. God, God, you turn, Lord, Lord, you, you turn seas into highways, like the song says. So, God, if you can make a way for the children of Israel, you're not a respecter of persons. God, so, Lord, you can make a way for that person who is struggling with direction. God, I pray, Lord, that you would make it clear, Lord, that you would lead and guide them today. God, I pray for those, Lord, who are dealing with, with uh, maybe, maybe relationship issues, God, in their marriage. God, I pray, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, for marriages, God, that the hearts of husbands would turn towards their wives and the hearts of the wives would turn towards their husbands. God, and I pray, Lord, that you would bind them together in love. What the enemy is trying to destroy, we rebuke right now in the name of Jesus. God, we rest in your presence today. God, we thank you because you're a good God. You, you answer prayer. God, God, you answer prayer. God, we put our faith in you. God, we put our trust in you. Lord, we give you adoration and praise in the house. Come on, can you give Jesus a thunderous praise of adoration? Thank you, Jesus. Check, check. Hello, hello. I pray that you feel the presence of the Lord in the house. How, how many feel the presence of the Lord in the house today? God's doing something. God's doing something. Will you just bear with me just a moment? If you need to be seated, you can be seated. It's, it's fine. No pressure here. Lord, we worship you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Can you, one more time, can you sing that, You Are Holy? Come on, sing it, church.
Come on, one more time. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise before you're seated today? You can be seated if, if you can today. I just want to tell you, I, I apologize for nothing. I say, well, that seems kind of rude, but I'm going to tell you, I've been serving Jesus a long time, a long time, and let me tell you, he's never failed me yet. And, and there's something about the presence of God that changes changes lives, that changes men's hearts. And so uh, I want to say if you're a guest with us today, uh, thank you for being here today. I pray that you feel the presence of God. Um, if you're watching online, we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you chose to be here today. Can you, can you give all of our guests a welcome today online and, and here in the house? You guys look good today. Everyone looks really good. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, you look good today. All right. Now look at your neighbor on the other side who you don't like as much and say, you'd look good too. I, I do want to say this. I, I'm glad that you're here, and I, I don't want to tarry long, but I do want to cover a couple of things. Uh, this month, we do a, our church, we do an outreach every month, and we try to support locally and, and do different things. And I uh, just felt compelled for the month of April uh, and I mentioned this last week. If you weren't here, you're going to hear the same same uh, announcement. But if you weren't, or I mean, if you were here, you're going to hear the same announcement. If you weren't here, you're going to it's going to be fresh to you. Um, but our outreach this this month, we're going to be um, partnering with our missionary in Guatemala. I was on the phone with him a couple of weeks ago. His name is Les Melton, and uh, and he called me out of the blue and was just encouraged my heart. He called me on the right day. And was just blessing me, and uh, and I just felt compelled in my spirit to just ask him. Said I just said, Les, what what do you guys need? How can we serve you? And he said, you know, me and me and Charlene, we're good. We have everything. They've been on the missionary field for thirty five years, and they've they've established so many churches out in Guatemala and Honduras and. Uh, in the in the bush, out in the jungle, some of you have been there. Some of you, uh, if you uh, you know, some of you have put roofs, and we've done our church has done many missions trips down there. And and I ask I ask him I said what was your need and he said just kind of in a joking joking way he said we we need about twelve roofs put on churches, and I said okay well what does that cost and he he just told me he said it cost about three thousand dollars per per roof to do this and and so. Uh, when I, I got off the phone with him, I just felt charged in my heart and just led by the Holy Spirit uh, for, for the month of April. Now, listen, I believe that God can do abundantly above anything that we ask. And, and you know, I, that's what Scripture tells us. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that. And, and, and But, you know, you say, well, I, I don't know if I can give. I don't know. I just want you to pray about it. If you can't give today, you can give uh, it would, throughout this month. Everything is going to go towards uh, putting a roof on as many churches as we can. And listen, we may never see the results of, of what we do here on, on in our lifetime. But let me tell you something. What happens down there when they put a roof on and they're able to have church, people come to know Christ. And, and your gift in giving towards that cause could be a small thing that had given someone the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. How many want to be a part of that? Amen. 
And so our goal, our goal, I, I didn't put a goal. I just know we need 12 roofs, and they're $3,000 a piece. So we're going to do what we can do for this month, and I want you to pray about it. I want you to pray about it. Seek the Lord about it. I promise you, you cannot outgive the Lord. You cannot outgive the Lord. I promise you, he will chase you down and bless you. And, 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 and some of you may actually be sowing into something that you need an answer to. And I just say this, be discerning, be obedient to the Lord. You follow his leading and direction. I'm not going to tell you what you need to give or if you need to give. I'm going to leave that between you and the Lord. But I believe that God is going to meet the needs that, that, are, that need to be met. Amen? Amen. All right. Uh, all right. Come on. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Let's do it if we're going to do it. Uh, I do want to say this. Thank you to everyone who was able to come yesterday and help us in our, our work day here at the church. We got a lot accomplished uh, in a short amount of time with a lot of people. Many hands make light work. And uh, matter of fact, all I did was run around like a chicken with my head cut off just to make sure people had the tools that they need and uh, everyone else did all the work. And so I, I, I just want to say thank you to everyone who was able to come out. Can we give everyone a hand who helped clean? And The Royal Rangers, man, they, they trimmed all those bushes up uh, in the front and cleaned that up, and they made that look really good. So can we give our Ro Royal Rangers a hand? They, they killed it. They didn't kill the plants. Let me rephrase that. They did a good job. They didn't kill the plants. They did a good job. And so, um, uh, so I, I'm grateful for everyone that was able to do that. And um, we've been talking, uh, last week I started a series called The Resurrection Life. Uh, and in this series, what I wanted to do leading up to Easter, uh, there are three instances in, in Scripture where Jesus raised someone from the dead. And I wanted, there's some spiritual application to each of these stories. Last week, and we're going to be going through these in chronological order. Last week we talked about uh, of how they happened. Uh, we we talked about the uh, widow from from Nain, whose son, who uh, was they were in a funeral pr procession going down the road, and Jesus saw the crying mother. He was attracted to the crying mother's faith, and he began to reach out to her. And he he actually never touched the boy. He touched the coffin, and he spoke to the boy, and the boy was raised from the dead. And and I want to just say this that. Uh, no matter what you're going through, you may feel like that uh, your dream is dead. You may feel like that, uh, you know, whatever your situation is, it may seem dead to you. But can I tell you something? When Jesus speaks into your situation, it will come to life. That's it. That's it. And so uh, it, it, uh, it's amazing to me. So leading up to Easter, uh, of course, obviously, the most triumphant uh, 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 resurrection is Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're leading up to Easter. And I, I wanted to kind of talk about this. Our theme verse uh, has been Romans 8, 11. And if you could put that up there for me. Um, and it says this. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Everyone say, that's this vessel right here. Through his spirit who dwells in you. So what that scripture says, that scripture tells me that we have overcoming 
power within us. If you are a child of God, you have overcoming power within you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you if you are a child of God. Amen? If you're with me, say, I'm with you. All right. And here's the thing. Many children of God or many people of God walk around with their head in defeat. And let me tell you something. We were not designed to be that way. 1 John 4, 4 declares, greater is he that is in you than is in the world. Amen? Can you hear what I'm saying today? And that tells me that whatever you're facing spiritually, God's got it. Amen? Whatever you're facing physically, God's got it. Amen? Whatever you're facing emotionally, God's got it. Amen? And some of you need to notify your face that Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells inside of you. Amen? All right. Uh, did you guys hear about the guy who prayed, Lord, so far today I've done all right. I, I, I haven't gossiped or lost my temper. I haven't been nasty or greedy or grumpy. But in a few minutes, Lord, I'm going to have to get out of bed, and then I'm going to need all the help I can get. Amen? How many can relate to that? Listen, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Christians ought to be the happiest people in the world. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, you've got Jesus walking with you. Amen? And so we have this overcoming uh, uh, power. And, and I just, I, I want to I look at this second story of, of resurrection power in Jesus' ministry, and so, and this is Jairus, and he is a synagogue leader in Capernaum, and, and so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, and I believe that this story is in, is in three of the accounts of the gospel, but uh, I really like Mark's account, and as I was going through this, there are some, some great details in this. Mark chapter 5, verse 21, and when you got it, say, I got it, all right, and if you don't, Say, I got it on the screen, all right? Uh, And it says this. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Um, Let me just stop here and give you a little uh, idea of what's happening. In Mark chapter 4, the disciples go across the Sea of Galilee. They're faced with the storm. Jesus calms the storm. Amen. How many know that Jesus will calm your storm? Amen. Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat, and they went and woke him, and he spoke to to the storm, and he said, uh, he said, peace be still, and the, and the, the disciples were astonished, and they, were, they just said, man, even the winds and the waves obey him. Uh, and then in Mark chapter 5, the beginning of this chapter, we see Jesus going back across the sea, and there he is in the gatherings where there is the demonic man who has legion, we know him as legion, who is, has many demons possessed by, mil, uh, by millions, by thousands of demons, uh, a legion is, is equivalently like 3,000. So he has many demons that have oppressed him. He is running. He lives in a graveyard. He runs around naked, cutting himself. They try to chain him down. He breaks those chains, and he is 
in bondage. But when Jesus comes on the scene, he speaks into this man's life. And this man leaves uh, Jesus. When he has this moment with Jesus, he leaves changed like he wasn't before. And even the, the people in that area were amazed that Jesus was able to speak to this man. And the scripture tells us there in Mark chapter 5 that they found him in his right mind. Amen. And let me tell you something. Jesus can take you from the worst situation and make you into the best situation. That's just what Jesus does. Amen. And so here in Mark chapter 5, we see Jesus, and he is crossed back across the sea, and he is going to Capernaum, which is kind of the, the headquarters for Jesus' ministry. He was out of Nazareth, but his, the people in his hometown really didn't like him, and so this is more like the headquarters of where he's at. So he's coming in off the boat, and verse 22 says, Then he came, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, everyone say Jairus, by name, and seeing him, he fell at his Boy, I love that. Verse 23, and implored him earnestly, saying, this is Jairus falling at Jesus' feet, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. Let's pray today. Um, today I want to talk to you guys before we pray. I want to talk to you about the journey to uh, the miracle. Everyone say the journey to a miracle. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me today. Lord, that you would use me how you see fit. I am your vessel today. God, let my words be your words. God, I, I pray, Lord, you would help me to get out of the way. Lord, I pray that lives would be changed by your power today, by your name today. Lord, we declare it, we decree it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. All right. Everyone look at your neighbor and say buckle up. There's a lot to unpack in this story. A matter of fact, this is very interesting. There's, there's two stories that happen here within Jairus' story, and it, you can't separate the two. You kind of got to go with it. So, uh, uh, so Jairus, it, this, is, this, is, this is how this starts. If you're, if you're taking notes, the first point is this. It starts at Jesus' feet. It starts at Jesus' feet. Um, uh, Jairus is uh, a leader of a synagogue at Capernaum, so which means he is he is politically important. He has clout when he speaks; people pay attention to him, and he was most likely affluent and wealthy. He had some money. Amen. Everyone say amen. And he was spiritually he was a spiritual leader, or uh, uh, some some believe that he was a Pharisee. But here's the deal: this is Jairus, and there he is. He is a leader in the synagogue and for 12 years he had it going on concerning his life amen and things were in order he had influence he had money and he had power and 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 here's the thing then life how many knows that life will throw you a curveball every once in a while amen things can be going hunky-dory and then out of nowhere you get a doctor's report that says otherwise or a wayward son and daughter, you have a fight with your spouse and there's, there's issues. Or your, your kids, they, they, they just walk away and you, you don't understand or friends leave you. Anybody ever had life throw you a curveball? 
right? And, and so Jairus, he, everything is going well, um, and, and he is going good, and then life throws him a curveball. Uh, you know, in our lives, I, I know this, there are times, there are seasons where things are going well, and every, you ought to thank God in the seasons that things are going well, amen? And, and, and your kids are acting right, amen? Everyone say amen, and everybody's healthy, everyone say amen, the car's paid off, amen? And, and then this moment happens, and it all gets turned upside down in a second. Amen? Anybody ever been there? Maybe you lost your job or, or, or maybe, maybe your kids start acting up. Everyone's looking down their aisles at their kids right now. Or, or, or maybe, maybe friends walk away and maybe that car you just paid off, you total it because you wrecked it around a telephone pole, right? So there you are and you're, you're in this situation and, and life gets messed up. Anybody ever had a moment of desperation? Amen. I, I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, my moment of desperation when I was thirsty. I drank out of a wishing well at Washington, D.C. because I couldn't find a, a water fountain or my mom didn't get me a drink in time. And so I was taking it in my own. So I drank out of this wishing well, which is disgusting now that I think about it. I don't even drink after my wife very often. And I don't drink after people and I don't drink after my kids. So this is, really makes me cringe to even talk about. Say, do you kiss your wife? I do, but I don't like drinking after. I, I, I don't understand it. But you know what? It is what it is. It's who I am. But life could throw you a curveball. And when things are going well, and, and in a moment, things can go upside down. But I like Jairus' response because he, he, is, he is in this mode of desperation. Doesn't matter about his success. Doesn't matter about his power. All he knows is that Jesus got off the boat, and he's thinking in his mind, if I can just get to Jesus, it will be okay. I love this. So Jairus, he's, he's really risking the farm here. His, his daughter's sick, and she's near death. And, and this is what I've learned. Desperation will lead you to take risk in your life. When you're desperate, you will, you will go beyond what you normally would do. You'll pray like you've never prayed. Amen? Uh, you'll seek like the Lord like you've never sought the Lord before. You'll, you'll not worry about man's opinions because you're more concerned about find, uh, 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 concerned with finding an answer to your desperate situation. And can I tell you today, Jesus is still the answer to every situation. Amen? And so, so he's so desperate for his daughter's healing that, that, this, that, that Jairus puts himself in risk of being ostracized by the Pharisees that he, that he works with. Because Pharisees didn't like Jesus because Jesus knew how to push their buttons. They were legalistic and all these things. And Jesus loved people. Amen. And most Pharisees, they were not pro-Jesus because of his claims to be the son of God. But, but here Jairus, a leader of the synagogue, wealthy, had influence. He was willing to risk it all because he was desperate. I love this. This is a beautiful picture. When, and when you get desperate for an answer, you'll come in humility to the one who has the answer. Amen. When you desperately need something, it doesn't matter who's looking at you. It doesn't matter what the town thinks about you. And I love this because Jairus, he just goes straight to Jesus, and it says that he falls at Jesus' feet, and he implores, and he earnestly asks the Lord, please, please come heal my daughter. Have you ever been there? Have you ever found yourself in, in a place of desperation? I have. 
And, and it says he implored and earnestly sought Jesus. And notice that Jairus was, was not necessarily a follower of, of Christ, but hard times led him to Jesus. And some of you right now, you're on the fence. Some of you may not know Jesus, but listen to me. You might be going through a hard time. That may be the reason you walked in here. Hard times will lead you to Jesus' feet. And Jesus comes and and he's saying, Jesus, come lay hands on my daughter so she could be healed. And then he tells her that, that, that he had been uh, and, and heard of Jesus' miracles. And think about this, because he's from Capernaum, and Jesus' ministry was, was out of there. So he had, seen ministry, he had seen miracles from Jesus. He had heard miracles from Jesus. So he knew of Jesus. There's a reason he ran to the side of the sea when his boat got there, because he knew about Jesus. And Jesus, I love Jesus' response. When he comes and he kneels, Jesus doesn't say, well, get your life together. You know what? You need to go through point A, B, C, D. You need to do all this. No, Jesus says, okay, let's go. Man, it, it amazes me that when you walk to Jesus with that kind of faith and just say, God, I need help, Jesus will respond. James tells us that if we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. That's what Jairus was doing. He was drawing towards, towards Jesus. He knew that Jesus could answer his situation. He knew that Jesus was the miracle that he needed, and he went there. I, I love this. Jesus says, hey, get up. Let's go. And, and so, so God, something about faith and request that attracts Jesus to our situation. Some of you uh, need to seek Jesus. Jesus in your situation. You've sought, you've sought counsel from friends. You've sought counsel from a lot of people. But can I tell you something? You ought to seek the counsel of Jesus because he's the only one that can change your situation. Oh, how many have ever said, hey, God, my, my, my back is against the wall uh, and I don't know where to turn. Anybody ever been there? You know what the scripture tells us in, in 1 Peter 5, 7? It says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. When you feel the weight of this world or your situation, you know what you need to do? Go to the feet of Jesus. Say, here you go, Lord. I can't shoulder this anymore. Help me. Help me to carry this. Uh, uh, the centurion, we talked about that. The centurion's faith moved Jesus. And the Syrophoenician's woman's faith moved Jesus. And here Jairus, he is there. And he's just saying, Lord, please help me. Can you come to where my daughter is? So Jesus says, let's go. Everyone say, let's go. Here's point two. I'm not going to keep you long today, I pray. Amen. How many believe in miracles? Some of you, amen, way too fast on the, on when I said I wasn't going to keep you too long there. Look at this. Here's the second point I, I want to give. Experiences make, may, may shake us, but will shape us. Experiences may shake us, but they will shape us. So look at this. Uh, can you put up verse 25? Do you have that? I don't know if you have that. I don't she does. All right, I'm going to read this real fast. And it says this. And there was a woman who had uh, had a discharge of blood for 12 years, verse 26, and, and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent uh, all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. Verse 27, she had heard the reports about Jesus. How many have heard the report about Jesus? And came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. 
Verse 28. For, he, for she said, if I touch his garments, I will be made well. There's something about the feet of Jesus. You ought, you ought to hear that today. Verse 29 says this. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Verse 30. It says, and Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him, immediately turned about the crowd and said, who touched my garments? Sounds like, sounds like a, a sister t- yelling at her sister. Who touched my clothes, right? Verse 31, and his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? Lord, there are hundreds and hundreds of people around you and you are, you're saying someone touched you yeah we know you're being real sarcastic right now look verse 32 and he looked around to see, see who had done it verse 33 uh, but the woman knowing what had happened to her came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth verse 34 and he said to her look at this daughter everyone say daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your disease. I, I, I love this bit of scripture. This is interesting because this is sandwiched right in the middle of Jairus' story. So we met Jairus. Jairus met Jesus. He's going to go to his daughter. And there's this crowd of people. And Jesus is working his way through the crowd. And, and, and so there's Jairus' start to his story. So there's a slice of bread. And, and there's Jairus' end of his story. There's a slice of bread. But right in the middle of this story is peanut butter, which is, the fi- uh, which is this woman who had the issue of blood. And you really, you really, when you talk about Jairus' daughter, you got to talk about the woman with the issue of blood because she plays a role in this. But look at this. I, I, I saw this quote. Albert Einstein said this, experience is knowledge. All the rest is information. How many can say, hey, hey, hey how many know that experience is a great teacher? I can take as many driving tests by paper all I can. But you know how I learned how to drive? I got behind the wheel, and I experienced some close calls with my mom screaming at me and my dad yelling at me. And, and he, listen, that experience taught me to be the driver that I am today, whether that's good or bad. I don't know. Uh, Isaac Marion said this about experience. He said, every experience, good or bad, is a pr- priceless collector's item. I love that. Every experience, good or bad, is a priceless collector's item. Experience taught me at a young age that stoves are hot. Anybody ever learned that lesson? My mom and dad, don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. It's hot. Don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. Guess what? Curiosity killed the cat, right? And there I am. Ah! I told you not to touch the stove. But listen, now I know that the stove is hot. I always test it just to be safe, right? But here's the thing. You know, sometimes we get information. People give us information. Don't go down that road. Don't do that. I've experienced that in my testimony. Don't go that way. But we get the information, but sometimes we just got to go through this experience to get it in our thick head. Amen? And sometimes our setbacks or our situations and experiences are set before us to shape us. I begin to think about this. As you go to the gym, you know, when you go to the gym and you lift weights, it's about resistance. And what builds muscle is resistance. And in our lives, when we go through experiences, God is stretching us. Why does God let us go through things? He is stretching us 
to make us stronger. He is stretching our faith to make it greater. So listen, how many have, are on the backside of a major trial, and you can look back and say, God brought me through this, and I feel like I could face anything with Jesus now. But you know why you can do that? Because God made your faith stronger. And Jairus is about to be tested in his faith and his strength. So Jairus, he's leading the way to his house, and, 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 and there's the problem. The great crowd and multitude like, get out of the way, get out of the way. I got to get to my house. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You know, I'm sure he's trying to be nice because he was, he was a leader there and he's trying to like me. But there's a point, you know, it's, it's kind of like me when I drive. There's a point where the niceness wears off, amen. A little bit of flesh comes through and I grab the horn. It's green. It's not what shade of green are you waiting for, you know, kind of thing. And he's like, get, get, get out of my way. I've got to get Jesus to my daughter. And the crowd is just slowing him down. You know what I hate? I hate traffic. I'm glad I live here in, in, in southern Indiana because we don't deal with a whole lot of traffic. The great traffic for us is when I get behind the tractor on my road. It's true. Well, when I lived in California, I dealt with quite a bit of uh, traffic going from here and there. And, and let me tell you something. There's nothing that just drives you crazy than when you want to go and you can't go. Amen. And, and so sandwiched in, 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 this, in this story of Jairus' miracle was this woman with the issue of blood. And Jairus is about to experience something that will both shake him and shape him. All right. So look at this. The, the opposite of Jairus, this woman uh, had her, uh, she was a woman, number one. That's the opposite. And she had this disease of this issue of blood. And she was hemorrhaging for 12 years is what scripture tells us. And here's the deal. If you know anything about that, that would make her an unclean person. That means that she couldn't go around people. She couldn't be around people. She was isolated. She had no way of making money. So she was a second-rate citizen. Well, Jairus, guess what? He is a prominent citizen. He has wealth. He has he has political power. He has, he has influence. And here she is. She has no influence. And can I tell you something I love about Jesus? He doesn't care where you're from and what your social background is. He loves everybody. Everybody, right? And so this woman, 12 years of dealing with this issue, spent all her money seeing doctors for answers with no avail. She felt like her back was against the wall. And she found herself in what? Desperation. I hear Jesus is coming, but you know what? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to him. I don't know how, but I'm going to. And matter of fact, she, she took a big risk by getting in that crowd that day because she wasn't supposed to be in that crowd. And so she's going through this crowd. And the difference between Jairus and this unnamed woman at this point is that Jairus is trying to get Jesus to his daughter. And this woman with the issue of blood is just trying to get to Jesus. I love this. I love this. This is both seeking healing and in desperation, both fighting the crowd. Can I tell you something? If you're going through something today, you're not the only person going through a trial. And Jairus in his mind probably thought, I am the only person that has a trial right now. And he hadn't even thought about this woman with the issue of blood. But she's going through a trial too. You're not the only one fighting a battle or having a battle. But she, she does the impossible. She fights through the crowd on the ground while Jairus is fighting people to get Jesus through the crowd. 
It's pretty cool, pretty amazing, these two correlation of these stories. And while she's fighting through the crowd, probably getting stepped on, probably getting dust kicked in her face, she gets to Jesus' robe and she says, if I can just touch the hem of his robe, I know I will be healed. And she reaches out in desperation and grabs the hem of his robe. And, and, the, and Jesus is like, someone touched me. That's intuitiveness, right? And they're like, disciples like Jesus, yeah. And they're, look, look at all these people. They're all touching you. They're all pressing in. They all want to talk to you. They all have questions. They're all trying to get, we're trying to push them back. We're trying to make sure that there's room. And Jairus is just sitting there, and, and, and he's fighting people to get Jesus through. And Jesus is stopped like, somebody touched me. It's amazing to me. I love this. In Mark's account, uh, he's looking around to see who touched him. And, and, and you say, well, why does that matter? I, I think it's interesting because I think Jesus stops this moment, not, and I know he's touching this woman's life, but he's doing something here. He's showing Jairus what he can do. So check this out. Jairus is sitting there looking at, at his watch, and he's like, come on. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. My daughter, she's, she's not doing well. Uh, we, you know, uh, you know, everybody's touching you, Lord. Everybody's touching you. So, so can we just move along here? Can we just move along? I, we'll, just, we'll make it fast. And in fear and trembling, I love this. In fear and trembling, I love this. This woman, she comes, and Scripture tells us that she fell before him. Listen, there's something about Jesus' feet. When you fall at Jesus' feet, there is an answer. She, in fear and trembling, she falls before Jesus. It was me, Lord. I, I touched. You, I touched you, and 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 and, and it says this. I, and he said to her, "Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease." So, why is this important? It was her experience. It was the woman's experience, but it was an experience for Jairus too. He's seeing a miracle. And I love this because I, I like what Jesus' words here. I think they were very intentional. Faith comes by what? And hearing the, faith comes by, and hearing the, and I think Jesus' words are very intentional here. And he says, daughter. This woman who was an outcast, nobody wanted anything to do with her. Jesus, this is the way Jesus works. When he touches your situation, he makes you a son and he makes you a daughter. And you're no longer an outcast. But, but he calls her by name. But he says, he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And Jairus would, would need to have this experience to have seen and heard the words of Jesus that he was indeed a healer. So Jesus met her need. How many, how many know that Jesus will meet your need? Now, here's the thing about experience. If you were to ask my brother and sister, they will tell you that my, I'm the youngest, and they will tell you that my parents were easier on me than, than they were on them. How many oldest do we have in here? You're the oldest. How many would agree with that statement that the youngest got away with things? How many middle, middle children do we have? How many would say that the youngest got, gets away with, with almost murder, right? 
Well, I'm going to disagree with you on that statement because I am the youngest in my family, and I'm going to tell you something. This is what I learned, and what my brother, my wonderful brother and sister failed to realize is I learned from their mistakes. When mom and dad said, come in at certain time, guess what? I knew not to come in late. When my mom and dad said, where are you going? I knew not to lie about it. Because I watched my brother and sister make those mistakes. And they didn't know it, but I was watching patiently going, mm, I'm never going to do this. I'm not going to be that way. And, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I think about it. My mom and dad, they always gave my brother and sister a, a, uh, um, a curfew. And with me, they never gave me a curfew. You know why? Because I came home just because I just thought, hey, there's nothing better to do. Anything that I'm going to do past this point is not going to be good, so I might as well go home, right? I learned from my brother and sister's mistakes. And can I tell you something? Oftentimes we think that, that we have to experience something, but you can learn from other people's experiences. This Bible right here is full of flawed, imperfect people that you can learn from. And you don't have to go through the same trials that some of these people went through because they went through them for you. Hey, you gotta, just got to be like the young child and just the youngest child and just say, I see what you did there. I am not going to do that. I'm going to be mom and dad's favorite. And Jairus, he saw her miracle and heard Jesus call, call her daughter. And can you imagine? He was probably stunned and amazed, but he probably thought, daughter, yes, Jesus, daughter, we got to go. We got to get to my daughter. We got to get there. And when he looks, uh, when it looks like her, her experience is shaping his faith, the next verse tells us that he is shaken. In verse 35, it says, while he was still speaking there, came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? I don't know about you. I don't like these kind of people. I'm going to tell you why I don't like these. Not because they're stating the fact your daughter is dead, but the fact that they are automatically saying, don't bother Jesus. Give up. Quit. Verse 36 says this. And Jesus is moving on. But overhearing, I like Jesus, overhearing what they said and the way that Jesus counters doubt is with the word of God. And he said to the ruler of the synagogue, he says this, do not fear, only believe. All right, here's my last point. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. He says this, and here's the last point right here. Jesus' delay is not a denial. Jesus' delay is not a denial. Uh, this, is, this is amazing to me. So when Jesus uh, doesn't get to our need fast enough, man, we respond with the worst fear, and we start thinking worst-case scenario. God, God, you, you didn't move fast enough. You, you, didn't, you didn't open this door, Lord. You didn't, you didn't shut this door. And here's the thing. This is the cool thing about Scripture. You can read ahead and know how the story turns out right here. But if you're Jairus there, and in that moment you can't read ahead, you don't know what's about to happen. Jairus. He rode this emotional roller coaster. Man, there was hope for a moment. And I have Jesus. He's following me. And, and now I'm delayed because of this woman. And, 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 and so uh, 
you know, Jesus, uh, he's, he's working his way there. So, so n- now my daughter's gone. It was just up and down and up and down and up and down. Anybody ever been there? I like this. Jesus' word, it says this. He says, do not fear, but only believe. Everyone say, do not fear. Only believe. Everyone say, do not fear. Only believe. Say it one more time. Do not fear. Only believe. Only believe literally means this. Keep believing. Keep believing. Don't stop believing. In the words of Journey, don't stop believing. Keep believing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God is what Romans 10, 17 says. And, and walking in, in, in faith is tough. It, it stretches us. I talked about this. And, and what was hard before becomes easier because our faith grows. When you've been through some stuff and your faith has grown, guess what? Life throws something at you. You, you can go, I got Jesus. We're going to be all right. Bounce off of me. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I've got Jesus. And I love this. Jesus in this midst where someone had given him a terrible, impossible report. Jesus is like, I'm going to challenge your faith, Jairus, right now. I'm challenging you. Did you just see what I just did? Did you see what happened to this woman? I'm going to challenge you here. I love this. The, the African impala can leap to a height of over 10 feet cover a distance of, of greater than 30 feet when it jumps. That's, that's amazing, right? Can jump up in the air 10 feet and, and, and jump out 30 feet. Yet these magnificent creatures can be kept in an enclosure in any zoo with a three-foot wall. Why is that? The animals won't jump if they cannot see where their feet will fall. And sometimes in our walk with God, God's telling us, you just got to take a step of faith here. No matter, no matter where, if you could see where your feet are going to fall. But most of us, most of us all the time, we're, we're in fear. We're paralyzed by fear. And we're, we're stuck. And there's a wall. And we're like, I, I know I need to get there, but I'm afraid to take this step. What seems impossible. Past hurts, broken relationships, lost opportunities, broken situations that seem impossible to get over. But it just takes one step of faith. But look at this. I love this. 1 John 4, 18 says, perfect love cast out fear. You want to build your faith? It's going to take the love of God. Perfect love is God. It's going to take him activated and working in your life. So, and, and here's the thing. Sometimes uh, we make the mistake when Jesus is working us and we're on our journey and God's telling this story. We make the mistake of mistaking God's commas with periods. And one of the things in the English language is a comma is a pause. And a period to the end of a sentence is the, it's the end of the sentence, right? But sometimes I think God is working our journey. We're walking along and we stop God says, pause, we wait. And we wait. And we're like, man, Lord, is this just for, uh, you're just trying to set a mood here. You, what, what, I mean, how long do I have to wait? And 
God is waiting on us. We're waiting on God, and God has put a comma there, and we've mistaken it for a period. And let me tell you something. Don't walk away while you're waiting on the Lord. One thing I can tell you about Jesus is he's not done until he says he's done. So don't mistake, don't mistake a, 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 a period for a comma. Our faith is not based on us. We don't have faith in faith. You, listen, but our faith is anchored in Jesus. Our faith is anchored in the authority of Jesus. You talked about it. You talked about it in, in, your, in your prayer time today. You were all over my message. You didn't even realize it. Verse 37. And, and he allowed one to follow him except Peter. Uh, he, he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. So bad report here. Bad report for Jairus. Hey, your daughter's dead. But Jesus is like, come on. And Jairus is like, what do I have to lose? I'm just going to keep going. And it's amazing. So they get to his house, and there they are. And, and, and what happened, because he was wealthy and they were rich, they, they came to the house, and the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly, what they would do. And people in the Mideast, when someone dies, they wail, and they, it's, it's over the top. They actually, in this, if you look at the actual uh, Greek in this, they would pay people to come and mourn. For their loss. Isn't that, it's unique. We don't understand that in, in America. But, and so these people, they were wailing. They were paid actors to wail and, and cry for Jairus' daughter. And I like Jesus' response. They're wailing loudly. And when, when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making such a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead, but sleeping. I like the word sleeping there. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. And they laughed at him. These professional whalers went from to ha, 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 ha. That tells you where their heart was. Mocking him. They laughed at him. But I like Jesus right here. He says, he put them outside and get out. Get out of here. See, we sometimes think we, that Jesus was a mamsy-pamsy kind of pushover kind of guy. But in this moment, no, he got up in their face and said, get out of this house. I, 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 oh, but this is such a beautiful story. And, and they laughed at him, but he put them all outside, took the child's father, mother, and those uh, that were with him, Peter, James, and John's, and they went in where the child was. So, and, and notice this, the closer that Jairus got to his miracle, the smaller the crowd got. Those walking around you, not everybody will build your faith up. Some of you, and, and the crowd in this whole story, it just represents unbelief it's blocking Jesus from getting to Jairus's daughter it's blocking the woman from getting her miracle and listen unbelief will keep you from your miracle some of you have listened to people and to friends who don't have a spiritual bone in their body I you got to be like Jesus and say you know what you don't understand these things get out Sometimes faith makes us do crazy things. I'm not saying be weird or anything like that. And they seem illogical to the crowd and culture. But, uh, but here's the thing. And I said this earlier. I want to put my trust in Jesus and him alone. That's it. I love you. I love you. But Jesus has been better to me than you've been to me. I 
I love this story here. It represents unbelief. But one day a bunch of frogs announced a, a competition to reach the top of the Eiffel Tower. And the competition began and the frogs quickly started to climb. And while a crowd below cheered, a moment later, though, someone shouted, The tower is very high. They can't, they can't do it. And some of the frogs collapsed at these words, but others continued to climb. And then some shouted again, it's very difficult. No one will make it. And this went on until all but one frog was left climbing the tower. He made it to the top somehow, despite many in the crowd shouting that he cannot do it. And everyone wanted to know why this one frog succeeded while others failed. It turned out this frog was deaf. So he didn't hear it. He didn't hear the naysayers. And people, oftentimes in our life, what's, what's the point of that story? We, we have to draw a boundary around people who will speak faith into us and those who will not. It's what I'm getting at. It's what Jesus did in this moment. And sometimes we forget Jesus had, had authority, authority here. And here he is rebuking this crowd because of their unbelief. Get out. God in faith, not unbelief. And Luke's account says this. It says that she died. Now, Luke was a physician, so he probably knew a little bit more than what Mark did when he, when he told this story. But, but Mark's account is interesting because Jesus, he said that Jesus says this. He, he says that she was sleeping. And the word sleep here is proof that death doesn't have the final say. To Jesus, she might as well have been sleeping because Jesus is going to speak to us. Death, death doesn't phase Jesus. It phases us, but it doesn't phase Jesus. Death in your situation or whatever. But Peter, James, and John, and Jesus, and Jairus, and his wife are the only ones there. And not everyone you associate with will walk in faith and get you to the answer that you need. Verse 41 says this. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. Verse 42 says, and immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. Yeah, that's irony, isn't it, that she was 12 years of old, and this woman that was healed of the issue of blood had had that issue for 12 years. It's almost like God set that up. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. Verse 43, and he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Again, when Jesus speaks to your situation, it, it will breathe new life to dead things. Some of you have dreams. Some of you have, have callings. And I'm here to declare that Jesus will speak life into your situation. When Jesus says, rise up, he's, he's, situations are turning around. Dead dreams come back to life. And uh, spiritually speaking, he, he's saying, come to life today that's that's what he's saying come come to life today and um it's interesting i i i mentioned that the girl was 12 years old and this woman with the issue of blood had had that for 12 years what's the significance there there's something significant about the number 12 and if you know anything about the number 12 in the bible it, you know and i'm not a numerology kind of guy but the, the number 12 is this it is the the number for government or sovereignty can i tell you something Jesus was sovereign over the woman's issue with the blood, and Jesus was sovereign over Jairus' daughter. And there's no 
power in hell that can stop God's sovereignty from doing what he wants to do. Amen? And so two things he tells us. He tells them, don't, don't, don't tell anyone what happened. Why would he say that? Because Jesus is just trying to get through the streets, and he knows that if everybody tells everything, he's never going to get out of Capernaum there. He's not going to be able to go do the things that he needs to do. And so he tells them not to say anything. But here's what I know. They don't have to say anything because guess what? All they got to do is their little daughter's got to get up and walk out of the house, and everyone's like, Oh, and I love this. The second thing he told them to do is feed her. And I'm going to end on this point right here. Hmm. The promise that God has given you, when God brings it to, back to life, the enemy's going to come in and say, that, that's not going to work. This isn't going to, you need to feed that thing with your faith. You need to speak to that thing and say, hey, you're, we're, we're, God, you, you rose her up. And I love this. Uh, you know, they, they, Jesus said, feed her. You know, mom, dad, go get her a Happy Meal right now. Go get her a big kids, but get her a cheeseburger with some French fries. Go to Chick-fil-A and get her some, some Chick-fil-A and some nuggies, right? Come on, get her a Coke. Some of you need to remind yourself to feed the dream, to feed the, the, the calling, to feed your purpose, that God is rising back up. It's one thing for God to bring things back to life, but it's another thing on my part to feed that thing. Bow your heads with me all across this building. Some things that we can learn from, from Jairus' story is it, if we need an answer from the Lord, it starts with humility at Jesus' feet. Starts with desperation. God, I, it looks impossible, but I know you can do it. The second thing that we can learn from him is that our experiences, they, they shake us and they shape us. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better, but trust in the Lord. Don't stop. Don't, if God's using a comma, don't make it a period. I think sometimes we miss our, our breakthrough because sometimes we, we give up a little too fast. And here's the second, the last one is this. God's delay is not a denial. God's delay is not a denial. He hasn't forgot you. If you're here today and you're under the sound of my voice, you say, Pastor, I felt the presence of the Lord in this building. I feel his power. And I want him to speak life into my situation. Maybe you're dead. Uh, the scripture says that, that, that when we have sin in our lives, we're dead to trespasses. And maybe you're, you're dead to trespasses in your life. Listen, Jesus died on a cross and rose from a grave to overcome death and darkness. And he made a way for you today. And I want you to know him today. If you're here and you hear, hear under the sound of my voice that that. And you want to make Jesus, make things right with the Lord today. Scripture says, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. It also says that if we confess our mouths or confess our sins, that he, he will be just to forgive those things. So I want to pray with you today. With no one looking around, no one, just be, bear with me just a few moments here. Say, I want to know Jesus today. Just no one looking around. Would you just lift your hand? I, I, I want to pray with you today. Anybody in the building? Anybody in the building? Lift your hand. Wave it at me. Wave it at me. That's you. That's you. Thank you. Anybody else? One hand raised. Come on. Anybody else? 
Will you pray this prayer with me today? Say, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. God, I confess my sins. I ask, Lord, that you would forgive me of all my wrongdoings. Lord, I believe. Lord, you lived. You died on a cross and raised from the dead to cover the price of my sins. I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life in your name. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that hand that was raised today. I want to do this. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I, my faith has wavered. I'm going to talk about faith next week too, so just buckle up. My faith has wavered, and I just need a touch from God today. I, would you just, just lift your hand if that's you, anybody in the building. I want to pray with you today. I just want to pray with you. I don't, I don't want to call you out. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Let's do this. Stand with me all across this building. Hands raised. God, we felt your presence in this house, God, from the beginning of this service. And even in this moment, Lord, I believe, Lord, you're touching hearts, the deepest parts of hearts. Lord, you're challenging us. Lord, you're stretching us. God, when it seems so hard to trust you, when we don't have the answer, when we don't know things aren't going our way and it looks like it's impossible, God, God, give us the wherewithal to, to, to stand. When we don't know what to do, Lord, we stand in you. We put our trust in you, Jesus. Some of you might be in that moment of ex, uh, uh, of experience and, and you might be going through a shaping and you might be going through a shaking can I tell you something stand stand in the name of Jesus stand in the name of Jesus don't get your eyes on the crowd don't get your eyes on unbelief but keep your eyes focused on Jesus keep believing keep believing keep believing God, I pray, Lord, to strengthen hearts today. God, seal this word with your presence, your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Stretch your hands. I want to bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Amen. What a great service. If you're a guest with us today, we're so honored you came out today. In front of you, there's a Connect card. If we can get you to fill that out and turn it in our Welcome Center, we've got a gift just for you, just so we can get to know you a little better. Any needs you have that we can pray with you, we'd like to know. And as you're leaving today, we've got our giving boxes hung on the walls outside the sanctuary doors and outside the balcony. Uh, you can put your tithes and offerings in there. Also, uh, if you're wanting to get for the church roofs in Guatemala, you can do that as well. And if you're giving online today, there's ways you can give online or you can text that giving also. 
So just a reminder, during the month of April, we'll be raising money to help for the church roofs in Guatemala. If you would like to give towards this, please place, you can place your donation. The giving boxes are online, as I just said. Uh, Beyond a Broken Hearts Ministries will be meeting Tuesday, April 5th at 6 p.m. And the Healing Hearts Ministry will be meeting Thursday, April 7th at 7 p.m. Also, our church will be participating in the Men's Softball League. If you would like to play, please sign up by April 20th. The cost is $25 plus a t-shirt if needed. The games will be on Monday and Tuesday nights starting in May at Murray Park, and they get vicious. Those guys, I'll tell you, I went at a few years ago. It was dangerous. Softball. No, I'm just kidding. It's a good time. A lot of fun. Uh, just a reminder, we will be having a church baptism survey or service on April 24th. Not a survey. Service on the 24th. Uh, the information's back at the information desk if you'd like to look into that. And then the women will be having a meeting at Cafe Batar. Cafe Batar, April 30th at 1230. You must sign up and pay for this event by April 20th. This will take place of our monthly meeting. 